Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today's topic is really focused on empathy during crisis. And as the pandemic continues, we thought it was important to revisit the topic of empathy. For those of y'all that are regular listeners, you may remember that back in November of last year, we did a podcast with Dr. David Weisenhorn, Extension Specialist for Parenting and Child Development, that explored some ways that parents can help their children be empathetic. And today, we are glad to have Dr. Weisenhorn back with us, as well as joining him is Dr. Amy Kostelik, Extension Specialist for Aging and Adult Development. And we are going to continue to talk about the topic of empathy, why it is especially important during times of crisis, and ways in which we can learn to be more empathetic across the lifespan. David and Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. So glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Great. Thank you. So to get started, David, why don't you remind us what is empathy? Sure. Empathy and sympathy are two words I think oftentimes we use synonymously. And so I think asking that question, I appreciate that just to to have that clarity. Sympathy is more of feeling for someone, whereas empathy is the idea of feeling with someone. And so in general, what we're doing and what we're talking about when we talk about empathy is the ability to go beyond just putting yourself in someone else's shoes, but rather being able to share in someone's, uh, someone's perspective, to really imagine and ultimately sense that someone else is feeling, you're, you're feeling what someone else is, uh, is or what they're thinking. As you can imagine, it really takes a degree of knowledge when we feel about someone or sensing what they feel. So it does kind of remove us from the present and help us to, to get inside of what someone else is, is feeling. And B'nai Brown, someone that uh, is an amazing researcher, she says it's this, that, that empathy is what fuels that connection in people. So I think that's important when we, thought, when we talk about empathy to understand it in that it is what helps us connect to one another. I think David has a good point there too, that it's really about, like Brene Brown says, it's about feeling with people. And you can really easily confuse that sometimes with other reactions like pity, sympathy, as David had already um, suggested, and compassion as well. So for example, when we feel pity, and a lot of us have felt this before, when you almost feel sorry for somebody, you know, you acknowledge that a person is in distress or is feeling uncomfortable, but we kind of keep it at arm's length. We don't really do anything other than acknowledge that. And so pity often has these negative connotations. and, And it's one of those things where really people don't want to be pitied. And compassion Sympathy and compassion can often lead to empathy, but not necessarily always, whereas compassion means you're suffering together. So when you're confronted with someone else's distress, when you're confronted with someone else's suffering, a compassionate person is going to feel compelled to help and to motivate to relieve their suffering. And again, like David had pointed out with sympathy, that's acknowledging the suffering and distress. So you're showing concern, you're showing um, that you care, 
Whereas being empathetic is really about the feeling with the people. It's the shared perspective. So there is a difference between those three words, even though they can be related. I think that's really interesting. And, you know, we have a a little girl and I, and I always say she's very empathetic, but listening to you explain the differences in, in the definitions in my mind, I'm kind of rolling through. I'm like, well, maybe she's more compassionate than she is empathetic. But um, so just really interesting to kind of dissect each of those terms and, and kind of what they mean. Are there specific ways to be empathetic? Again, a, a good question. I'm not sure that there's specific ways, but there is a nursing scholar by the name of, of Dr. Teresa Wiseman. And she, in her past, has had a lot of experience studying various professions in which empathy has been relevant. And she has identified some attributes of empathy that I think are important when we talk about our, our specific ways of doing it. So the first would be perspective taking. So the idea that your thoughts and assumptions and biases have to be kind of placed on the back burner in order for you to truly share in the perspective of another person and recognize that someone else's perspective as truth. So it really takes some perspective taking and and certainly being able to put our own biases aside. The second attribute would be being non-judgmental. And while that sounds very easy, it's very difficult to do. And again, Dr. Wiseman so wisely uh, shared with us that it that perhaps one of the reasons why being judgmental is easy for us is because when we judge, we protect ourselves from the pain of that situation. And so it seems in some ways a natural progression for us to want to push judgment. But here it's really important to, to hold that non-judgmental attitude. The third piece would be recognizing someone else's emotion and understanding their feelings. And as you can imagine, it would be very difficult to understand someone else's feelings if we ourselves haven't first become in touch with our own feelings. So we have to understand what what our feelings are and what ours are in order to kind of place that and recognize what someone else may be feeling. And then the fourth piece of that would be the ability to communicate our understanding of a person's feelings. So tell me a little bit more about this idea of connecting with a person and communicating understanding. Well, it can be hard. Empathy can be hard, Jennifer. You said, you know, you think is your daughter empathetic or is she compassionate? And a big key piece, I think, to empathy is that it's a choice. Being empathetic is a choice. And according to Brene Brown, who we highlighted earlier, she's a, a researcher at the University of Houston in the College of Social Work, she says, or she talks about how it's a vulnerable choice because you really have to connect with a person that you care about that who is in distress and you have to connect with something in yourself that also knows that feeling. So that's how you have that shared perspective. You really have to understand it. Like David said, you know, by kind of walking in their shoes and really understanding it from their feeling, not just doing something for them, but truly understanding it. So we think about, you know, right now in times of crisis and how we can differentiate between sympathy or empathy or compassion. And so, for example, we might say, you know, gosh, I'm really having a hard time with this pandemic and and maintaining my connections. And a common phrase that sometimes will, people will say in trying to make it better might be something like, well, it could be worse. And that's really not a a helpful way to connect with someone. You might be listening. You might, you know, be able to share a little bit and what they're feeling. But just to say, eh, it could be worse. You know, that's, Renee Brown would say, that is not connecting at that level that you really need to be connecting with. So maybe a better way to say that would be, 
you know, when someone says I'm really struggling with this lack of interpersonal connection, you can come back with saying something like, I understand what you're saying. I hear you. This really stinks. This hurts. You're not alone. It sounds like you're in a tough spot. Can you tell me more about it? And I want to point out too, we keep highlighting Brene Brown and, and she does. And I'm hoping that we can post a YouTube video of hers connected to this podcast because she's got a really good YouTube video that really exemplifies the difference between sympathy and compassion. And she, it's, it's a little cartoon. It only takes a few minutes to watch, but it's really worth it because these characters interact and, and they talk about, you know, well, it could be worse. And, and the reaction of one of the characters who's going through a tough time and, and how he feels when someone says that to him. And I think we can all put ourselves in those shoes too and think that person's not understanding my feeling. They're not understanding what I'm saying. So I think that's one way you said, you know, how can, tell me more about how you can connect with a person and communicate understanding. I think that's a big one. And sometimes the biggest component of being empathic is really no response. It's not being able to say or do anything. It's just being there, being connected and having someone know that you are there for them. So Amy, I will say that you popped by the office the other day and you may have made the mistake of saying, how are you doing? And, you know, you got a little bit more of an honest answer than, than maybe I would normally give just someone passing by and saying, how are you doing? But you did just that, just as you explained, you gave a very, I would say, empathetic response to that, of that, I know that you heard what I've said and that you acknowledged what I said and that you supported what I said. So I, I appreciate that. But as you were explaining it, my, my mind immediately went back to, to that conversation. And it also helps me understand that, you know, why empathy during times of crisis is especially important. Are there ways to help build empathy? Yeah, I I think we mentioned a little bit of this back when we spoke in November. And I think when we think about helping our children or maybe even a friend, but I think that the most important starting block, the foundation of all of this is is what we're modeling, what we're doing. How are we sharing empathetically? How are we emoting? Are we talking about our feelings? Are we showing compassion? Amy used an amazing word that I just love so much, and I think it, it deserves a place in the definition almost, and that's vulnerability. Being able to be vulnerable and identify, uh, hey, these things make me sad or I'm feeling this way seems to be a, a bit outside of our social norm, but certainly a part of, of having to build and teach empathy. Um, we reading, talking about and analyzing stories that embrace diversity and differences is another way. Talking about our feelings, but what we can do to help someone feel better. You know, mentioning to our children that this might be a good time to, to write a kind note, or this might be some, I wonder what it is we can do to help your friend who's feeling low or feeling sad or feeling lonely. So considering other people's perspectives, being able to name the emotions, as I was talking about before, and give words to the feelings, like, how am I feeling right now? Oh, and I think in our conversation in November, there were times that my son and I would have conversations. And a lot of times it was, it was retrospective uh, examination that I was able to go back and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I, I snapped at you earlier because I was feeling very frustrated about whatever it was that I was feeling frustrated about, but being able to name and, and give those feelings and name those events that are taking place and say, that's what, it, that's what this feeling looks like. That's what this feeling makes me do or make how it makes me feel. 
talk about differences and biases, and those can exist in a lot of ways. They can exist between gender and race, identity, religion, different income levels. And then I think the last that I might mention would be just to fight stereotypes. This idea that uh, I don't want to throw like a girl or or girls can't like trucks or, or, you know, my son says I can't like pink. I think being able to to fight against those stereotypes can really help in that uh, that empathetic growth. And I think, too, as we get older, there are some things that we can do to practice and, and just kind of boost or embrace an empathetic side. I mean, certainly people, some people are more empathic by nature. Um, or at least more empathic than others. But I think a big thing, too, that I want to highlight before I talk about kind of another list of things we can do is, you know, David mentioned and I had mentioned the word vulnerability, and and certainly there is a vulnerability to being empathic. But I think another piece of empathy that's hard for some of us is we tend to want to fix things. And again, that's more of that compassion side. We want to do something. We want to fix things. And, And again, empathy is really more about being there versus about fixing things. Again, it's that connection. It's being connected. And we're just uh, a society that wants to fix things. So I appreciate you telling that little story, Jennifer, the other day, because I I really didn't want to fix your problems. <laughs> I think I just wanted to listen. I, and I didn't want you to fix my problems, but it did make me feel better that you listened. <laughs> but it can be hard to do because we do tend to want to say things to, um, you know, to make it better for people. And sometimes all people need to do is talk. But as adults, I think some things that we can do that we don't even think about how, you know, how this could boost empathy or or really build your empathetic skills. And that is just to embrace curiosity, talk to new people, you know, learn more about what someone else's life is actually like. And maybe pre-pandemic, that might have been a little bit easier to jump in an elevator and start to talk to someone. And this isn't just elevator chat, like, hey, how's the weather? I mean, this is, and it's not being an interrogator either, but it's actually being this interested inquirer. It's it's being a listener and learning something about someone. So, you know, it might be kind of fun to challenge yourself in the next few days or the next few weeks to just strike up a conversation, be curious about someone else. And just kind of as an FYI, I've done another podcast on this too, that just doing that, embracing that curiosity, talking to other people can also help combat loneliness and enhance life satisfaction, just being interested in someone else's life. But other ways that we can help with empathy is keeping up with current events. I really like this one, and that's embracing a shared cause. And that is really all about when people come together over something they value, a project, a fundraiser, a community event, or or a support group, or whatever it may be, you have an opportunity to embrace, you know, not just your own passion or your own area of expertise, but other people's as well. So they might be very different people who've come together from whom you can learn and understand their differences, their experiences, their privileges, their biases, kind of like David was talking about with teaching children. I think there's also opportunities to truly walk in someone else's shoes and we can find experiences to do that. I mean, even in FCS Extension, we offer age simulations and disability simulations. We even have a virtual dementia simulation that we do to help people understand what that experience may be like. You could even go to someone else's church and sit with them and and through a service to just learn again about someone else's culture and and what someone else's, you know, day in the life of someone else is like. I think even on a daily basis, we can do this, let's say at the grocery store and you might have a checkout person who's maybe not in the best of spirits. And can you stop yourself and just think, instead of thinking, gosh, you know, what a 
crabby person this is, you know, maybe think about what was their experience today? Did they miss the bus that they were supposed to take to work? Did their dog get hit by a car? Is their, you know, Mima, you know, isolated in a nursing home? But there may be some reason why that person might not be as friendly as, as you would hope that day. And just to, again, put yourself in their shoes. I also think it's important to listen and be present with what's going on. So again, that's listening to that person's experience in the moment. I think there are opportunities that we can stand up for others, take action and speak up. I think this is a good opportunity to teach kids as well. You know, if someone is is saying something inappropriate, you know, maybe you call them out and tell them that was not appropriate or that was an offensive thing that they said. Or if a colleague or a member of your family has been ignored, you know, help help them get their voice heard. Those are all ways that we can help build our, our empathy. And I think most importantly, too, it's important to remember your own bubble. And David talked about that as well, to keep in mind what your own biases and what your own privileges are and keep those in check. Sometimes even challenge your own prejudices and discover your commonalities with other people. But you can't make assumptions, you know, and I I do this sometimes when I teach my human development class. And I think I know what my bubble is. I know that I had a brother and a sister and two parents who loved me a lot. And I think about that when someone passes away, I think my bubble is I have a very loving mom, but maybe someone else's bubble wasn't that way. So I think it's important to keep that bubble in mind. And one way that you can keep a bubble in mind too is reading. As crazy as that sounds, it it can be a fiction, but the more you read about different people's experiences and lives, whether it's a fictional character or not, watching a documentary, a movie, it just helps you open your mind to, again, other people's experiences. So Amy, you touched on this just a hair while, while you were talking there, but does or can empathy give back? Is there any kind of intrinsic reward? Yeah, I definitely think there is. I mean, you know, when you have connected with someone, again, like I said, it, it can combat loneliness and it can um, help with isolation. But there is this feeling, this intrinsic feeling of doing good and knowing that you're connected on that meaningful level with somebody else. And so we know through research, too, that um, that meaningful connection to people is so important for our overall health and well-being. Yeah. And Amy, I'd add, I think... I think empathy can be a driver for the pro-social behavior. You know, it's one of those things that it seems like the more we do, the more we want to do it. Empathy is like that. The more we show empathy and are empathetic, we increase our desire to help other people. And, And part of that is due to the sensitivity to others' distress paired with the drive towards their welfare. And this intrinsic drive then pushes us to act. And so I do think that research also demonstrates that empathetic people make better managers, right? They make better people. They're better bosses. They're better family members. They're better friends. So I do think there is a piece to helping ourselves and and, and, and it does fuel that intrinsic piece. Yeah. And it also just connects you with your own feelings. Like we said before, you can't really connect with others unless you know yourself. And that's that vulnerable side of empathy. And so really it requires you to be in touch with your own feelings to best understand someone else's. And I think too, you know, when you reach out to someone kind of along the lines of that pro-social behavior, they're more likely to reach back out to you. So there is kind of a, a give and take there that comes with it as well. So as I'm listening to y'all talk, it certainly sounds as if empathy is a key to compassion and action. And thinking about the current pandemic, are there specific ways to build empathy during this time? 
Yeah, I think I'll just highlight a few of the things that may have been that may have come up in in our conversation today. We want to stay connected. We want to continue to care for other people. And I know that feels difficult at the time. And so it will require some effort. But staying connected, awareness, being aware not only of our own situation, but thinking through how this pandemic has truly affected our life. And then how that has also affected other people's lives. I know at times I tell my wife how thankful I am that I still have a job, uh, realizing not as a celebratory fact, but also as a sympathetic to, to work on that empathy is that other people have lost jobs. There are a lot of people that are that are, are stuck without jobs, unpaid leave, right? School and daycare closures are, are, are definitely having an effect on people's well-being as well as their emotional states and how they interact with other financial challenges. So all of the things that are kind of coming together in all of this as an effect of the uh, COVID, we, are, we need to just kind of keep that in check and, and be aware. The other, another thing would be to be kind, considerate, and forgiving, right? And, and this not only is that we need to be kind, considerate, and forgiving of others, but certainly of ourselves too. We need to remember that and apply that to our own lives in that we have grace for ourselves. And the last I would offer is just this idea of helping others, right? When the world feels unpredictable, uncertain, or chaotic as it does now, sometimes the most tangible things can bring comfort. So providing something nice to others and helping them maybe via a gift card or a letter in the mail, uh, helping a neighbor take in groceries or pick up sticks in their yard in donating things that we, ha- we might have in our home that we may no longer need like clothes or food. So in an effort to help others. I will say that that last mention there about helping others, that's something that I have noticed over the last several months. And I'm certain that these act of kindness were going on prior to the pandemic, but they seem to stand out so much more to me. And just really when I've witnessed them or have seen someone receive them, just the difference that it makes for that individual or having been on the receiving end. I uh, went home from work last week and the mail had come and my husband handed me two cards and he said, it's not your birthday, is it? Did I did I miss your birthday? You know, he was just giving me a hard time because you don't often get cards in the mail, but they were just two random cards that had come in the mail. And what a difference that that made in my day that those cards just popped in my mailbox that day. So it's something that, like I said, I'm sure it was going on before, But at least personally for me, the meaning certainly has changed during this time. Amy and David, thank you so much for for joining us today. I think that this is such an important topic and just a good time for us to to reflect. And uh, when we're thinking about the topic of empathy and how we can work to, to build empathy within our own selves as well as our children. Thanks for having us, Jennifer. It was a pleasure to talk with you today about empathy. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. 
visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local Extension agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us. 